All right, we're live. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to the Crypto Mining Tools podcast. Uh, here with your co-host Ethan. Hey, everybody, and we have our special guest, Girl Gone Crypto. Uh, I've been wanting to get uh, a female on our podcast for a long time, and you are actually the first female to be on our podcast. So congratulations. No way. That's yeah. awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for having me on. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Girl Gone Crypto, what's uh, what's your real name? Leah. Are, are we allowed to know? Leah? Yeah, that's fine. I put it out there. It's, it's fine. <laughs> okay. It's so Lee Thompson? Uh, Leah Thompson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Leah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we uh, talk a lot about crypto and mining here. Um, and uh, previous guests have, have talked about, you know, mining pools and some really geeky stuff. Uh, but yeah, we just really want to get to know you a little bit and understand your involvement in the blockchain space. And uh, yeah, just have a little conversation here today. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So I got involved in the space uh, about three years ago, kind of early mid 2017. And so been through all the excitement of the bull run and, you know, seeing the impact of the bear market and what that's all felt like. And so I have kind of an interesting entry point, I would say, into crypto. Uh, it involves a ukulele. <laughs> and so okay. um, I, are, are you guys familiar with Steam or Steemit? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so uh, about three years ago, I stumbled across it and I had never made content before, but I was like, well, this looks kind of interesting. Maybe I'll try posting a ukulele cover. And I earned like $100 in crypto. And I was like, oh, wow. what is this? It's back when Steam was worth more. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and so that really just led me down the rabbit hole of then being like, okay, well, why is this worth anything? Um, now, what do I do with it? What is this thing called an exchange? Mm -hmm. You know, I think the really all of those questions that you start to ask once you actually have a little piece of crypto, right? Like once you actually mm -hmm. have your first bit, I think that's when some of those questions start to roll out. And so really, I've been involved in that community. I mean, it's, obviously, it's been big in the crypto news the last month or so with everything. Sure. Um, but yeah, still very much involved in that community have been pretty much every day for the last three years. Um, but what's been kind of fun is that really about like six, seven months ago, I decided that I wanted to maybe start making more content that was crypto related. Because before then, I'd just been making content on like Steam and DTube and a lot of those uh, dApps that were just music or just kind of random stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, what was really funny is that I, I kept getting requests to speak at crypto conferences because people were following me on Steam. And I was like, no, I don't talk about crypto. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so I started traveling around to these conferences and I, I just finally was like, you know what, all signs are pointing towards go make crypto content, Leah. And so I decided to start doing that about six, seven months ago. <laughs> That's really awesome. That's really awesome. What do you think can be done in the industry to help encourage more people like yourself to um, not only adopt, but evangelize about what cryptocurrency is? And, and um, you know, I, well, let me put it another way. For me, personally, when I talk to people about it, like there's this huge learning curve, like they, they just can't get their mind around, you know, it's money. <laughs> it's a digital currency. Well, you know, what's that? I've got currency in my pocket. Like, you know, so what advice can you give? 
Oh, that's a great question because like even some of my friends that I have conversations with like all the time, they've even asked me, they're like, so are you making real money or just <laughs> crypto? And I'm like, oh my gosh. I was like, <laughs> you know, and so there's definitely a learning curve in terms of people just kind of understanding why it's valuable and the fact that it actually is. And it's not just some weird internet nerd money, but that it, you know, actually is an, an, an asset class um, that- absolutely people should very much be taking seriously, especially right now in our, you know, kind of turbulent economic situation, you know, hard sound money, things like gold, things like crypto, or people I think are starting to look at a little bit more because they're realizing that, you know, maybe their fiat currency printing all these trillions of dollars is maybe going to have an impact. Yeah. So in terms of um, just, I, I think your original question was just, uh, you know, like tips or advice for maybe talking with people about that. You know, I generally like to start with just kind of pointing out the fact that they're already used to um, transacting digitally, right. you know, like that's yeah. something that's already quite common in their life. And then I actually do talk about gold in the conversation a little bit because I think that helps mm -hmm. them realize like the difference between a deflationary and inflation um, inflationary currency and the difference between having, you know, limited supplies and how that can help generate value. So I will talk about gold and like, Hey, you can only yeah. mine so much gold or diamonds or things. See, and that, when, yeah. When I start to talk about like appreciation, depreciation, mm -hmm. valuation, that's when their eyes just glaze over and like, I completely lose it. Like people don't understand that, that money is a representation of value. It's, it's fundamentally an accounting system of mm -hmm. value. And that value is its beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It can change and it's always changing. It's, it's always in flux. And when I try to help people understand this, that's when they just, and I, I just completely lose them, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Um, right now I, you know, and, and this is just, you know, pure truth. I have developers that are working in a foreign country, their foreign country is completely shut down. Their banks are shut down. And for all intents and purposes, if I were to pay these these workers in a in a traditional sense, mm -hmm. they wouldn't get the money for months. And even if they got the money, even if they could get the money, they can't go out to the bank yeah. to cash that money. So cryptocurrency is a perfect solution for what's really happening in today's economics. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's been really actually, I think, quite interesting to see how many more people are starting to ask questions, you know, just about economics and our monetary policy and the Federal Reserve and things that maybe they could care less about before. But I, I think that's maybe one positive thing that's come from all this so far is people are actually starting to ask mm -hmm. questions yeah. and, and look at things a little more seriously, which is nice. So we have a, a user here. Um, I don't know if you know this guy. He's kind of a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Ken. I, Never I can, heard of him. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, Ken. <laughs> he's asking, will, will the halvening of BTC tempt miners to flip-flop to BCH, similar to the BTC mm. and BCH fork era? Oh, that's so interesting because the BCH um, you yeah, know, it's having, happening is really having... Soon. Yeah, like three yeah. weeks before the Bitcoin one. And so, you know, I think that, um, you know, miners. Well. Yeah, right. And so I think that people <laughs> go go where there's profit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that they're opportunists in that sense that they're going to run the most profitable, um, you know, kind of mining codes then. So I think that I don't know if long term it's going to have a huge difference. I mean, maybe in the short term, you'll see more people switching from one to the other. But mm -hmm. 
I'm also not a minor, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but yeah. What what do you think, Ethan? You know, um, it's, it's, it's difficult to explain, you know, what's about to happen because on the one hand, um, the rewards are going to be substantially less. They're, they're going to have it. But on the other hand, this is going to be a true test of what the buying pressure is. So mm-hmm. when the supply happens, if the buying pressure remains the same, then simple economics tells us supply and demand, the value is going to go up. Um, what remains to be seen, though, is the truth of that buying pressure. So if that buying pressure is actually you know, what it is today and it remains at what it is today, then you know, by all means, simple, you know, basic economics 101 is going to tell us that the value is going to to shoot up substantially. And, you know, I would say at least half, um, well, not half, I would say at least double in value um, to match the supply and demand rules. But oftentimes we can see it go, you know, a, a percentage way above beyond that. What are your thoughts, Leah? You know, one thing that actually I was going to mention in this conversation um, that I think that the people who watch this podcast might enjoy as well is um, I'm working on a, an interview video series with uh, Tech with Can- Catalina. I don't know if you know her. She's one of the biggest Spanish speaking crypto YouTubers, but she's got an English speaking channel as well. And so we're mm-hmm. actually going to be interviewing um, a variety of some of the top mining pool and different people and ask them all the same questions about the having and see sure. how different their responses are and kind of mash it all together. So I, um, so just kind of mentioning that, that I, I'm excited personally just to get to talk with some of these people and hear their thoughts on, on all that, because, um, I have friends that are minors, but you know, I'm not a minor myself. And so I think it's really interesting, like, especially, you, you know, you were just talking Ethan about kind of the, the profitability and like the different areas of that, like, is this going to be something that is now harder? or easier for kind of newer miners to get into the get into the space and turn a profit um that's kind of something i'm curious about um as well so yeah i think it's going to be interesting to see um you know as we kind of roll through this and see what happens but i definitely think that it's going to be interesting for the mining community it's going to shake you know a lot of things up and kind of open some new opportunities for different people too so uh, rico liberty report is saying hmm i i wonder who they are interviewing <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, that's that's awesome. So uh, yeah, like, like you said earlier, you know, it's it's all about uh, just getting into this and and having your first experience. Um, and and for you, you know, you received a little bit of crypto, and and you said it was it was the the Steam mm. token. Steam it. Yeah. Steam it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so it's it's just a very interesting. Everybody has their own story. Uh, Ethan, what what was yours? How, how did you first get into that? What was your first coin? Well, I mean, I I'd followed it since inception. You know, I've I've always kind of been what I call a, a technologist, a, a nerd, a geek, whatever. And um, you know, my first take on it was that you know, okay, good idea, but you know until it gets mass adoption, I'm not really going to get involved in it. I'm not going to be serious with it. And um, as part of, you know, uh, I used to work for a a security consulting firm and um, I used to work with hackers, you know, white hats, gray hats, some black hats. Uh, We won't go into that. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) But um, one one of my really good and and trusted, uh, one of the best hackers that I've ever known, as a matter of fact, um, one day just insisted that he get paid in this this thing called Bitcoin. 
as <laughs> as part of the project. And I was like, you know, look, I, I know about this Bitcoin, but, you know, I haven't mined any of it. I don't have any on hand. And then he put me in contact with this other Russian guy who had it that I could buy it from him. And so, you know, I sent the money and I, I bought it you know, from him and I ended up paying, you know, this hacker in Bitcoin. And uh, as it turns out, I had 60 Bitcoin left over in the wallet after I paid him. You said 60? Six zero six okay. zero six D, um, uh, you know, and you know, I I forgot about it. I think this happened back in I guess uh, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, or something like that. Is is when this happened, and I forgot about it. And you know, I've moved and you know changed addresses and whatnot. And then rolls in you know two thousand seventeen, and next thing I know, you know, like it's almost you know twenty k, <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, I've I've got sixty of these somewhere. <laughs> Uh, I, I literally turned my existence upside down uh, looking for that wallet. It's it's gone. It's it's one of the lost ones. But, um, you know, that's when I realized, like, you know, hey, I, I need to give this a serious look, you know, especially after surviving the Mount Gox disaster. That to me was the indicator that, you know, this is here to stay. And uh, whether or not I should, you know, believe in it yet, I, I totally believe in it now. But I'm just thinking, you know, in the times, like whether or not I believe in it, I should, you know, what, what do you have to lose? What do you really have to lose? You know, just to uh, to take a, a chance in something and uh, do something different and be a part of something different. Yeah. Wow. I hurt for you a little bit there, 60. <laughs> That's really painful. <laughs> um, let's just take a little break here to, to thank our sponsor. Yeah, I'd like to give a big shout out uh, to our sponsor, Brains OS. They have a new OS, Brains OS Plus. And with your new operating system, uh, you know, for those of you who are, are not familiar, um, your miner can do a lot more uh, than it's doing with its factory firmware. If you put in this aftermarket firmware, it will allow you very fine grain control over the miner. It'll allow you to um, overclock it if it's very profitable and get the most terahash per watt. And if your miner's, you know, kind of towards the end of life, if it's, you know, not really being very profitable with, with the standard firmware, this allows you to tune it down and to get the maximum terahash for as little power usage as possible. Yeah, uh, it's a very, very 30% better. Yeah. Very, very powerful system. So um, this is, you know, kind of the equivalent, you know, we've all heard of jailbreaking. This is the equivalent of jailbreaking your miner. And, um, you know, if you're not utilizing it, you're really not doing yourself a, a favor in this industry. You're you're not maximizing the potential of your hardware. And Brains OS helps you do that. Also, a little known fact is Brains OS is um, the operator of Slush Pool. And if you utilize Brains OS in your hardware and you mine with Slush Pool, you get 50% off the, the, the pool fees. Yeah. So it's tr you know just tremendous savings all around. Do yourselves a favor, guys and unlock your machines, utilize their full potential. Scott's gonna tell you more. Yeah, yeah. So like, like you're saying, uh, with that 50% off, that is for if you're running um, the Brains OS Plus. And so, you know, at the top of the website here, you see there's the Enterprise Edition and the Community Edition. And uh, so what that means is, and, and that's, that's like the Brains OS and the Brains OS Plus, that's where that kind of comes in. The community edition is open source. Mm -hmm. The enterprise edition isn't, um, but there's some benefits to to running that enterprise edition. So yeah, their you know their nomenclature is a little bit weird, 
uh, but yeah, the, so that that's the difference there between the um, two percent dev fee versus the you know the fifty percent off your slush pool. Um, you just have to play with it and, and really figure out which one you want. Um, you know, it's really easy to install, uh, but definitely go to uh, brains-os.com and that's brains with two eyes. Um, OS. Yeah, two eyes, one brain. Yeah, two eyes, one brain. <laughs> awesome. All right. So thanks to uh, Brains and Sushpool and all that. Uh, Absolutely. Telling us a little bit about your uh, your firmware here. All right. All right. Back to you, Girl Gone Crypto. Yeah. So um, what else are you into? You said um, you have those uh, the online education series. Was it education or just uh, interviews? Uh, yeah, so I make a variety of different content right now. I'm really focused on interviews. Um, I have done some educational material. So mm -hmm. I kind of do a mix of interviews, but then also some kind of walkthrough stuff. Because one of the things that I, I try to always kind of think about is putting my beginner hat you know, back on and be like, all right, what questions are people going to be asking? Because those were the same questions I was asking. And so I was yeah. trying to keep that, you know, close at hand. And even in my interviews, I try to do that as well. You know, like if, if I think, hey, someone might not know what that means, like, let's just take a step back and like break things down a little bit. So that's really what I try to focus on is making crypto feel, I think, more approachable. Um, but I always say in my thing, it's for nerds and normies alike. So, uh, you know, get, get deep on the details enough that, you know, those sure. that are in the space will really enjoy it, but also not make it overly intimidating for people that are new. So do, do you have any uh, like metaphors or allegories or wh whatever they're called, like like a really simple way that you like to explain crypto or, or mining to people? Like, oh, you know, yeah. Using the word blockchain or, you know, mm -hmm. have you ever yeah, thought? Yeah, I, I try to stay away from, you know, blockchain and, and getting into those technical details because that's a whole nother aspect to it. That's a, that's like an added benefit. Not, not only is this a new economic system, but it also has all this other great stuff. But yeah. I try to stay away from that in initial conversations. Do you do the same? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I, I notice myself slipping up and I'll say something like the word decentralized or blockchain. And when they look at me like this, I'm like, oh, wow, they don't even know what those words mean. OK, how do, can I break this down more? <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> and so, Scott, kind of to your point, I think finding real life examples that you can mm -hmm. kind of relate it to, um, I think kind of helps it click for people. So mining is something that I think like in your very early stages of conversation, like doesn't really come up. I, it's more that I'm trying to explain um, more like either blockchain or Bitcoin, you know, but why it's valuable mm -hmm. and how it, you know, how it kind of can be used and like the real life application of what it could look like is kind of where I try to focus at first, but then eventually people do have questions about mining as well. <laughs> have you, have you ever taken yeah, the approach? Yeah. Like I like to take the approach where I, I first have them explain to me what the current financial system, what is a bank? How does a bank work? Mm -hmm. What do they know about the bank? What is the federal reserve? Right. What does FDIC mean? What are the pitfalls of that? Do you know anybody who's ever had their bank account seized? Have you have you ever seen anybody go through a divorce and have their assets seized or frozen? Mm. All right. And then I ask them the question, so do you believe you really have control over these things if you know, if you know by mm. telling me that you don't? 
And then I go in, I segue into, well, cryptocurrency is completely controlled and regulated by mathematics. It's mm -hmm. non-discriminatory. It can't be influenced by an outside. Well, it can, you know, if you're, if you're silly with it, it can't be. But uh, as long as you're smart with it, it can't be influenced by an outside party or person or government. You totally have control over it. what you own in your wallet. Those 60 Bitcoin are going to be mine forever, by golly, even though I'll never be able to spend them. But, <laughs> but, you know, that's the way I segue into it. And, you know, I kind of, you know, propose the question, like, what do you really own and what money is really your money? Now, that's a good point. So you, you have to start with the monetary system to mm -hmm. really because most people don't really understand how it works. And so you, one thing I like to do is I'll pull out a one dollar bill and a twenty dollar bill and I'd be like, why are these worth different things? Yeah. They have the same material cost to produce. So. Right. Why is this one valuable, more valuable than this one? And usually people are like, oh, I've never thought about that. And so, <laughs> you know, and so then I can get into talk about how it's really just an IOU and like why, you know, mm -hmm. well, then what's backing that? And they're like, well, I, I don't know. And so it just kind of yeah. starts anytime you can find like, I think, a, a visual, you know, sure, I think absolutely. That, that helps make the conversation a little more engaging. Yeah, that's that's why I, I used to walk around with some of these uh, like Bitcoin physical coins. Mm. You know, it was just a, a piece of cheap metal, uh, but it had some <laughs> fancy computer looking designs on it. Um, and I'd, I'd give it to people and say, this this is a, a Bitcoin. And they'd be like, what? I've never seen one of these before. Right. <laughs> no, actually, the, there were a lot of scams going on in the hood. I'm, I'm going to let you guys know about this. This this really happened. So I used to teach at a, at a school and I used to kind of teach um, you know, students who who didn't really have the opportunities in life that, uh, you know, other people could have, and they were at a disadvantage. And um, they were telling me during the last, you know, big rush, they were like, teacher, teacher, I, I bought me a Bitcoin. And it was like a little chocolate gold foil thing. And, and uh, no, I mean, like I almost broke down in tears. I was like, I hope you didn't pay a lot for it. He's like, no, nah, man, I got a good deal. They only charged me 4,000 for this one. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like I have, I have to teach these people, you know, I, I have to, so we have to also be like very careful about the tangible things, but uh, mm -hmm. apparently the, the guy in the hood that was selling the chocolate uh, gold foil bitcoins got arrested <laughs> for doing so. I so, hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, ho hopefully uh, too, not too many people spent their money with them, but uh, you know, th that's something we've got to be really careful too. We, we have to explain very carefully to people that, this only exists in a digital format. It, it doesn't exist in a, in a physical form. Now we can represent the wallet, you know, the keys to the wallet in a physical form as a, you know, chain of uh, identifiers, you know, alphanumeric characters and whatnot. But other than that, everything else is just recorded. You know, I, I say in the cloud, you know, the cloud is keeping track of everything, which is a, another term that I kind of have to bring in uh, a layman term that, you know, people are now starting to come around to and understand, you know, the cloud is information and data that I don't personally have on me in my possession. But, you know, and I think <laughs> different generations will probably see different levels of adoption based on their kind of comfort level with something being completely digital. You know, I was even having a conversation last night with someone that I think she's in her 60s. And, mm -hmm. you know, 
we were talking about, you know, she wanted to transfer some of her money into other asset classes that would be safer than fiat. And she was way more open to the idea of buying gold than Bitcoin, right? Because it's just to her, she's like, well, I don't know, that's kind of if I can trust it. And even explaining it where I think that, you know, people that are like our age, they'll be like, oh, yeah, Bitcoin. Cool. Yeah, that's good. You know, and so I think that we'll see different levels of understanding even, you know, I think that the younger generations now will just kind of grow up with like hearing more about sure. Bitcoin. And for them, it's I think it's a comfort level, especially when it comes to people and their money. That's something that people I think, you know, it's one of the biggest kind of stressors, I think, for people right now that maybe aren't in crypto and don't understand things and are mm -hmm. really worried about their investments. And, you know, I think that as you know, this industry evolves, those younger generations for them, it'll just be, oh yeah, sure. Of course I've got Bitcoin. Well, there's, there's two points I would like to make to that. First of all, 80% of the fiat money, at least in the U S system is already digital. Only 20% is actually printed out. Uh, and then the second point that I'd like to point out to it is that if you are going to be an investor in gold, make sure you physically have the gold in your possession. You don't be one of those investors that goes out and just buys it, you know, as as a, you know, a speculatory object that you can just buy, sell and trade or whatever. If you're going to truly invest in it, make sure you have it as a physical object in your possession. Now, that being the case, it's really not. Uh, well, first of all, you know, what happens if you lose it? <laughs> you know what? Right. What happens if, if you get robbed? If you're keeping, you know, stacks of gold in your your physical possession, then that requires a whole another effort on your behalf to protect it and secure it. Um, and you know, like with cryptocurrency, you don't have to do that um, mm -hmm. as long as you have the keys. And again, you know, make sure you know what you're doing. And you know how to use the keys. It's really not that hard. There's a lot of technology out there to really help manage, you know, the, the the technical aspect of it and just make it easy for you. What are your thoughts on the the technology, Leah? Do you think we're going in the right direction, creating um, apps and things like that to really streamline the use and the management of this? Oh, absolutely. I think that, I mean, the easier we can make it and the more kind of natural we can make it feel for people, they're like, oh, this is an interface I'm already kind of used to using the better like and um, like edge wallet comes to mind i think they're doing a great job of sure. making it feel really user friendly but also keeping it secure cuz that's that's one of the kind of concerns maybe i've had with various things is like well are we seeing more aspects of centralization come in to make the user experience better and i think that some projects are using that approach but i think others are just getting more creative with okay how can we improve this user experience while still keeping the underlying security in place. And so, you know, I think that you kind of have to look under the hood on some of these projects a little mm -hmm. bit to really understand, you know, kind of where they fall on that spectrum. But um, absolutely, in general, the easier we can make things, the more intuitive we can make it for people, the better. That's fantastic. Um, you know, my next question was, was going to be more centralized on the 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 user experience itself. Um, what do you think, like if, if you could change anything in any of the apps, what do you think can be done to enhance the user experience already from what it is? I noticed somebody mentioned Cash App and, and I love Cash App. The only thing that I don't like about Cash App and Cash App, as you guys may know, allows you to buy Bitcoin instantly. It allows you to get um, you know money transfers instantly in fiat and then buy it in Bitcoin. The only thing I don't like is 
you have to go through the full know your customer process before you can actually transmit or move um, Bitcoin from your Cash App wallet. So what are your thoughts? So if I could improve one user experience thing, I think that the biggest thing that makes me nervous for new people coming into the space is them not really understanding how to store their private keys. And uh. as much as you know, exchanges and wallets and things will be like, you need to secure your keys. You need to like, please accept full responsibility here. People are so used to living in a customer service world where if Absolutely. something goes wrong, they can just call someone and people aren't used to having to take full responsibility for right. their actions and their information. And even if they do understand it, are they securely saving their keys? A lot of them are like, oh, I just have it in a notes app or I just have it in a, in a Microsoft Word document. They're not even using password. Right. So I, I, I don't know if it's education or if we need to find ways for, like I know like Edge, again, they're working on something. Nexus is working on things where mm -hmm. like they can actually build it into the back end where you can have recovery processes that are actually secure. Um, so I think that's maybe important is it, that whole process is what makes me the most nervous is that people will be like, oh, well, I, I don't have my key sure. anymore. And it's like, sorry. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, if there's uh, a recommendation I would make, it would be to, to utilize some sort of biometric um, authentication, you know, being able to store your biometric information, a fingerprint reader or something like that and access via that way. Mm. But Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, we're coming to the end of our time here. Uh, so, Leah, why don't you tell us um, how our users and our listeners can can find you online? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much again sure. for having me Absolutely. on. This has been so fun. And um, yeah, I'm just Girl Gone Crypto pretty much everywhere online where people hang out. So if you search for me, I'm really active on Twitter. Um, I also have a YouTube channel where, you know, I interview people and do different things. So, uh, yeah, come check me out. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, um, Lee, thanks again for uh, being with us here today. And I, I wish you luck on your upcoming interviews and, and everything you do. Thanks for uh, sharing your experience with our users. Awesome. Thanks, thanks so a lot, much, Leah. Guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Take care.